You may be seated. Now I have one of the greatest honors tonight, and that's to introduce our speaker. You know, one of the things that I count as an, abs an absolute privilege is that I was serving at another Teen Challenge ministry, and I knew the Lord had a call on my life, and I wanted to serve him. And I believed that he had a path for me. And when I had the opportunity to come work and serve at Brooklyn Teen Challenge, the one of the, 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 the greatest privileges was that I was going to get to serve under this man. The man that God chose to start the ministry, not only here in Brooklyn, but one of the men that God used to, to spread the ministry of Teen Challenge all over the world. There's over 1,400 centers around the world. And part of it is for the work that the Lord has done through this man. I'd like you to stand and give honor to the speaker tonight. He's not only the president of Brooklyn Teen Challenge, but he's also the hardest working staff member, Pastor Don Wilkerson. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. My uh, congratulations to the completers, those that uh, are transitioning, those that are staying on. What a blessing. What a blessing this night is. Um, when we were leaving Brooklyn and um, selling some of our property, my daughter asked me one day, she said, Dad, are you going to miss anything about these buildings that we're selling? I said, only one thing. I'm going to miss the chapel and the chapel services that we've had for so many years. But you know what? After being here tonight, Will and Paul, I'm not going to miss it anymore. <laughs> this is a great setting, a great place that the Lord has provided. Uh, while we wait to renovate the men's program and eventually uh, go back there. And so we, we do thank God for this, uh, uh, for this place and the opportunity to be here. And again, what a blessing. What a blessing. For me, after all these years, um, one of the students asked me tonight, I'm, I'm rarely asked this question, one of the students asked me tonight at supper time, he said, how old are you? And I give him my standard answer. I said I was born in 19, none of your business. <laughs> but you can figure it out. We're 60 years old, Teen Challenge, and I didn't start when I was 10. I started when I was 20. So uh, you, can, you can do the math. And uh, uh, I, I, I was telling one of the brothers tonight that I was flying back uh, from India uh, this was some years ago, and I, I was with a friend. Uh, he, he was uh, older than me. And we talked for a while, and then we were silent. And then all of a sudden, I started to laugh. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, look at you and look at me. We're in a ministry called Teen Challenge. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I never get tired of hearing these testimonies. Somebody, somebody asked me one time, uh, when will I know that I shouldn't be here anymore? And I said, when you get tired of hearing the testimonies. 
Uh, and so thank God for uh, each of you tonight. And um, I just want to share with you briefly. Let me read to you from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When I was pastor at Times Square Church, I was noted for having very creative uh, titles to my sermon. And uh, I tried to come up with one tonight that would be very creative, but I couldn't get it. And the only title I could come up with is A Brief Sermon in Three Points. A Brief Sermon in Three Points. And the three points are this. And uh, I especially address it to uh, those who were recognized here tonight, but to all of you. The three points are this, is stay connected, stay corrected, and stay consecrated. Stay connected. Now, I'm not able to do because of the crippling of my hands, but uh, can, 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 you, can you make an L? Uh, to, okay, you make an L. An L is a vertical line going up and a horizontal line going out. And that L, for the purpose of tonight, stands for the Lord. It stands for love. It stands for many other things. But it also stands for the two aspects of c connections that are so important. And first of all is your vertical connection to God. That should go without saying. But together with that is the horizontal connection that you make with the, the family of God, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. Now, I know people who have the vertical down. I mean, they're, they're strong in their relationship to the Lord but they're pretty lousy at the other part and don't connect with other people very well. And you need to stay connected to not only to God, but to the brothers and sisters in Christ, the family of God, meaning the local church. And whenever I post on Facebook something positive about the church, I will get, I will get a fair number of reactions to people who are down on the church and they'll say negative things about it. Listen to me, I love the church. I love the church of Jesus Christ. And when you go on from here, you've got to connect. Now some of you came out of churches and thank God you're gonna be able to go back to churches. Some of you uh, never in your life ever been a part of the church but you're gonna live your life out being a part of the body of Christ. Connect to the church of Jesus Christ. Now the church is not perfect, but it's necessary. I have a friend who says about the church, it's like Noah's Ark, it stunk, 
but it was the best thing floating. No church is perfect because none of us are perfect. Imperfect people connect to God and the church to help them overcome their imperfections. And I challenge you to keep your connection to God and to the body of Christ. One of the problems of being a Teen Challenge is that you're required to study the word. Uh, but if you only do what's required of you while you're here, and you don't take it with you, if you're not self-motivated to get into the word, to have daily prayer, to have meditation instead of medication, uh, if you're not motivated to do that, you're going to fall. You're going to crash really, really hard. And uh, so uh, wherever you go, you'll find brothers in Christ. Now, one of the, one of the great things I uh, hear, and, and, I, and I love it when, when certain ones come up here and I hear the cheering for them, and, and it's always that the cooks will all, all, always get a cheer. That's, that's, that's a given. Uh, but I love to see the connection that takes place between the brothers. A and somebody referred to that tonight. They, they, they talked about the importance of the brothers that encourage you in the Lord. And one day you're, you're not going to have those brothers. But let me tell you, wherever you go, you're going to find brothers if you look for them. If you look for them. If you make an effort to try to connect yourself with the local church, um, and some of you are going to miss the connections that you have here, uh, but God will give you other, other connections. And those of you who are staying on, I would encourage you, deepen your relationship, deepen your connection with other brothers in the program because they will encourage you in the Lord. My youngest daughter, Julie, uh, when she was in college here in Pennsylvania, Christian College, she connected with four other students. And this past weekend, she went to Chicago and connected with those four students again. And every year for 23 years, those five students meet somewhere where uh, the location of one of the students, they rotate every five years, they, they rotate, rotate, and, and, and uh, I, I, I've never heard anybody else have that kind of, that kind of a connection that's rooted back in their college days. I don't, ha I don't have, I don't have five friends, <laughs> well, not, not close like them, <laughs> but I do have a couple close friends. And I encourage you, connect to the body of Christ. Connect to other people. He that would have friends must show himself friendly. Proverbs 14, 24 says, cultivate friendships. Don't be a loner. Believers are not compared in the Bible to bears or lions or other animals that wander alone. Those who belong to Christ are sheep. And in this respect, they congregate together. Sheep 
go in flocks, and so should you and I belong to a flock. And I, I, and I, I was very encouraged when Paul talked to me about the relationship that the program has developed with a pastor here at Assembly of God Church. I think that's wonderful uh, for you to, to see how the local church functions because that's how you can live out your life the rest of your life in the body of Christ. Be connected. Be connected to the word. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you, some, some of you, in your downtime, in your downtime, do you ever pick up the Bible and just read it, do a study on your own? In your downtime? Don't wait. You have time here. Yeah, they, they do work you pretty hard, but you're going to have downtime. How are you going to use your downtime? Get yourself into the word. Be motivated to do that. Do it now where you're here so that when you leave the program, you'll also be motivated to be in, into the word uh, and into the presence of God. Stay connected and stay corrected. Your fixed reference point every day of your life ought to be Jesus Christ. I was thinking about this because I, I believe recently, maybe in this month, was a celebration uh, of the moon landing. Uh, and, and I tried to look it up to see when that was, but we don't have Wi-Fi here yet. But Matt, where are you? Please help me, Matt, when I come up here. I need to get on Wi-Fi. I wanted to try to find out what year it was, the moon landing. I think it was the 50th anniversary, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Pardon? 1959. 69. Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking about that when I remember Apollo 13. You may not remember that, but Apollo 13 was going to be another moon landing, and something happened on board. There was an explosion, and the the astronaut, the commander, I think his name was Levette. He had 14 seconds to change the trajectory of that spaceship and head back to Earth. And the way he had to do it is to look out a small little window and keep his eyes on the Earth as a fixed reference point. And he did so and he returned that spacecraft safely. If he hadn't done that, they would have gone into orbit, an endless orbit, and they would have died. What a tragedy that would have been for all of America to witness that. But God enabled them to come back because he kept his eyes focused on his goal. And I want to say to you students, both now and in the future, Jesus Christ is your reference point. Keep your eyes on it. And if you do, let your faith and your love for Jesus Christ be your fixed reference point. You will not burn up. You will not crash, as some do when they leave here. 
I love this scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. How appropriate it is for this occasion. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly prepared in every good work. And I think that's one of the most important charges that you could be given here uh, tonight. You know, one of the good things about AA is that they have sponsors and accountability partners that they can call on when they're tempted. And most of you probably will not do this. But I encourage you to do it. When you leave, find a group. Find Celebrate Recovery. Find Overcomers. Uh, uh, find some recovery uh, program. Or find a brother in the church and be accountable. And I appreciate what the last brother said uh, uh, about be willing to be accountable in the program, but be willing to be accountable when you're out of the program. It's just as important. It's just as important. And you may complain about some of the staff, but one of these days you're going to wish that they were, they were there for you to bring correction to your life. Stay connected to stay corrected. And then my, my third point is stay consecrated. Consecrated simply means being set apart. It also means devoted exclusively for a purpose. Let me tell you something important that you need to learn if you stay connected to the church or a church. Every pastor struggles with the fact that there are some people who are Sunday go to meeting Christians. They're called nominal Christians. I, I, I got to look that up. Why, why are they called nominal? I, 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 could, I couldn't look up the word. Uh, Matt, it's your fault. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't look up the word tonight because I, I, I couldn't get on, on the internet to what, what the word nominal is. But in the church, there are what is called nominal Christians. They are, uh, are Sunday go to meeting type of people. And, and let me tell you about a a man that I know. He, his wife was a Christian, and he was a good man, a very decent man. He was a good, good husband. He was a good father. He was an honest man. He never cheated. He didn't lie. Uh, he did all the, right, all the right things. He was really a, a model, moral man, but he didn't know Jesus. And occasionally, he would go to church, and, and Listen and leave, and wasn't serving the Lord. And then one day, the surprise to his whole family, he gets up and he goes forward and he accepts the Lord. And for a year, he did well. He did everything you're supposed to do. He was faithful to the Lord. But then little by little, he began to miss church. He started to golf on Sunday. He started to fix up his car on Sunday. He started to hang out with a guy. Didn't, he didn't smoke. He didn't drink. But he backslid. And you know how he backslid? What I call it, he backslid to decency. He was still a good man. 
he, he, he was still an honest man. He still didn't lie, didn't cheat, but he was separated from God. He backslid to decency. Now, let me say something to every one of the students here tonight. If you go back, you're not going to backslide to decency. You're going to go back to the thing that you are most familiar with. And you know what Paul called, called it? What you go back, what did Paul, any, anyone know, except the teachers can't answer it. Anyone know what Paul said, when you go back, you'll go back, what word did he use? <laughs> he used the word vomit. You'll go back, you'll go back to the vomit. A dog returning to its own vomit, and a sow having been washed clean then ends up wallowing in the mud and mire. And then Job 20.15 says, he, he swallows down riches and vomits them up again. God casts them out of his belly, even for the decent man. You cannot be afford to be a mediocre, sun, mediocre Sunday go to meeting Christian. You have devils to fight. You have demons to fight. You have temptations to fight that a decent man does not. You need all that you can get of God. That's what Paul wrote. He prayed that you will have all of the fullness of God. Oh, my goodness. That's why you need to have a daily practice in the word, a daily practice in prayer, and in the presence of God. I love that... I, I used to criticize this, but I don't anymore. AA talks about a higher power. I don't have any problem with that because we identify who that higher power is. But I got to thinking about that. Higher power. An alcoholic, a drug addict can have a higher power. Do you understand what I'm talking about? The best way to fight your addiction <laughs> is to have another addiction, and that is a, get addicted to Jesus Christ. Get into his presence. He's the higher power that will enable you to continue to live the life that God wants you to live. I've always felt that the worst drug addict ought to be the best Christians if they change their purpose. I watch students go through Teen Challenge. I watch them sometimes drift, just drift through Teen Challenge, and I look at them and I say to myself, if you were a drug addict, like you're trying to be a Christian, you didn't get high very often. <laughs> the worst drug addicts ought to make the best Christians because they understand connection. And they understand consecration. They're consecrated to a dark purpose. But now that God is in your life, hallelujah, you have a new purpose. A new purpose. It takes consecration and dedication to be an addict. Addiction requires single-mindedness. You can't be an addict and a good athlete, for example, at the same time. You can't be a good Christian without single-mindedness. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I had a young man who came up 
I, I was coming out of the lobby at, 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 at our administration building, and this young man was coming, uh, uh, coming from the street and walking towards me, and I looked at him, and I realized he was a graduate. I said, what's up? He said, I got to come back. I fell. I need restoration. Hey, Will, give, give, me, give me that uh, water right there. And, and I said, what happened? <laughs> he, sa he said, Pastor, the best way I can describe it is this way. He said, I was a man like a like, who loved to gamble on horses. A and it was doing him in, and he decided that he needed to give it up and give his life over to God. But <laughs> he decided he was going to have one more bet. And so he goes to the racetrack, and he says, God, I'm going to make one more bet. If you help this, this uh, horse to win, I've got some debts to pay. I'll be very grateful, and I'll serve you. And so he puts his money down. And about halfway through, or three-quarters of the way through, his horse was so far ahead, he could never be caught. And he looks up at God, and he says, okay, God, never mind what I said. I'll take it from here. I'll take it from here. And he said to me, Pastor, when I walked out the door, I said, okay, God, I'll take it from here. You can't take it from here. Only God can take you from here to where you're going to go. Therefore, you must stay connected and corrected and consecrated to him. And I, on the other hand, I think of a young lady who graduated, and she went back, and, and she goes to her closet, and she pulls, out, uh, she pulls out an outfit, and she puts it on, and she looks in the mirror, and she says to herself, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This was one of my favorite party dresses. And she realized that that was not her anymore. And so she took that dress and a few others and she burnt them because she realized that that was not her. Her life was changed. And if you keep your reference point and you keep your eyes, not on the earth like the astronaut did, but you keep your eyes on heaven, you keep your eyes on God, you stay connected, and you will continue to be successful. And I want to say to those of you that, one, 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 one last word, one last word. Those of you that completed one phase, uh, what do you call them, Paul? Yeah, you, you completed the, the induction phase. I've always had a word about what happens to some when they complete the induction phase. And I got a, a, a different word tonight, and I, I liked it. Jehaziel, where, where is he? he? He gave me another one. You gave me another one. Yes. Um, the word I've always used, used is that some, when they get that first certificate, they start coasting. They start coasting. Or as Jehaziel said, oh, I'm just going to breeze through the rest. Listen, you have an opportunity in this next step to enter in to the fullness of God in your life. 
I got into my car one day, my Nissan. It had a console. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said to me, what gear are you in? What gear am I in? Huh. I was in park, and I laid my hands on the gear, and I prayed. I said, God, are you telling me I'm in park? And I didn't get a witness. I put it in, what's, what's next? Reverse. I put it in reverse, and I prayed. God, are you telling me that I'm going backwards? I didn't get a witness. I was sure glad. <laughs> then I put it in neutral. And I didn't get a witness, thank God. Then I put it in, uh, uh, that particular car ha had a first gear and overdrive. I put it in the first gear, I didn't get a witness. I put it in the overdrive. I, I, I thought, surely now I'll get a witness of the Holy Spirit that I'm, Don Wilkerson, I'm in overdrive. I didn't get a witness. And so I put it back in park, and, the Holy and I got a witness. And I drove off, and I said, Lord, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And the Lord spoke to me and said, this, is, this, is when, uh, this was during my first retirement. I've had three retirements. This was during my first retirement. A and then I got called out of that to do something else. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, every morning you get up and you park yourself on your favorite chair and you read the word and you pray. But where's the passion? Where's the passion that you once had? And I said, oh, God, help me. God, help me. I don't want to live that way. And I said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And not long after that, in 2008, I got a telephone call and said, would you come back and help us at Brooklyn Teen Challenge? We're in need of some leadership. And I said, yes. I volunteered to come back for two years. This is 2019. The point is this, don't park. Don't park, stay in gear, stay connected, stay corrected, and stay consecrated. Will you stand with me? Will you stand?